So I had this whole video planned about, you know, following the roots of your family and the meaning of names and how important it is to know where you came from and, and to have pride in your family and who you are, regardless of whether, you know, it, your, your family history is spotless or not. And then my niece, I don't know if she had a nightmare. She said she had to go to the bathroom and then she heard a bump, which was probably me. So I feel really, I feel kind of bad. And so I offered to tell her a story and then she wanted to tell me a story. And so assuming that my brother and his wife are okay with me putting my niece on my podcast, you get story time with Cassie and Abby. You want a spooky story right before you go to bed? Won't that give you scary dreams? Okay, come on. Anything scary that's not really, really scary. Yeah, well, didn't you wake up in the middle of the night because something scared you? Yeah, like that big boom sound. That big boom sound? It sounded like a giant stepping outside. Mmm. <laughs> All right. Now, a story that I choose. You don't want anything special about it? No. Okay. A little bit spooky. Mm. Once upon a time, there was a big, dark forest. And the forest was always filled with a white mist. And so everybody called it the white mist forest. And everybody said, you mustn't go into the white mist forest because everyone who goes in never comes out. Why do they never come out? No, you have to listen to the story to find out. <clears throat> so at the edge of the white at the edge of the white mist forest, there was a cabin and in the cabin, there lived a little girl, and her name was Abby. And Abby knew that you had to be careful when you worked around the white mist forest, because there were sometimes voices that would call out to you and say, Are you there? Are you there? Come inside. Won't you come inside? And Abby knew that you never listened to the voices. So Abby worked at the farm, tending the geese and tending the chickens and tending the turkeys and tending the ducks. And she was very happy with her life. She had her mom and she had her dad and she had her little sister. And they lived very peacefully in the cabin on the edge of the white mist forest. One day, while Abby was taking care of her geese and her chickens and her turkeys and her ducks, a stranger rode up on a horse. It was a boy she'd never seen before. Hello, said the boy. Hello, said Abby. Who are you? My name is... What should his name be? Abby. His name should be Abby? No. James. James, okay. My name is James, said the boy. My name is Abby, said Abby. What are you doing here? asked Abby. I am on my way through the forest, said the boy. You can't go through the forest, said Abby. 
nobody ever comes out. I know, said the boy. That's why I must go in. You must go into a forest where nobody ever comes out? Yes, said the boy. I'm looking for my sister. Now, Abby had a little sister of her own, and she loved her little sister very, very much. So, of course, Abby understood what it, would be, what it must be like to lose their sister in the woods. How long has she been gone? asked Abby. Almost two days, said James. Two days in the white mist forest. Anything could have happened to her. How old is she? asked Abby. She's just turned ten, said James. Oh, that's much too young to be going into the forest on her own, said Abby, who was all of twelve years old. I know, said James, who was also all of twelve. That's why I've come to get her. Well, said Abby, if you must go into the forest, you're going to need someone who knows how the forest works. Where can I find someone like that? Well, said Abby, maybe someone who's lived on the edge of the forest their whole life. Suppose that would be a good idea, said James, but where would I find? And then, of course, James saw the ducks and the chickens and the turkeys and the geese. And he turned and he looked and he saw the cabin. And then he turned and he looked and he saw Abby. And Abby just smiled because, of course, he realized that she lived on the edge of the forest and had done her whole life. Well, said James, I don't mean to impose. But if you would will be willing to do me this favor, I would be very, very grateful. Just let me tell my parents, said Abby, and she went inside. Just let me tell my parents, said Abby, but you must come with me so they understand. So Abby and James went inside the cabin and told Abby's mom and dad what happened to James's little sister, Hannah. Lost in the, lost in the white mist forest, said mom. What <coughs> What a terrible thing, said Dad. I'm going to go with him, said Abby, to help him find his sister. All by yourself, asked, asked Dad. No, asked Abby. Obviously, I'm going with James. I don't like that, said Mom. Just the two of you? You're only twelve. Only twelve, said Abby. Twelve is all grown up. Do you think twelve is all grown up? I don't know. I don't know what number is all grown up. You don't know. That is a very, uh, very insightful of you, for sure. I don't know if there is such a number as all grown up. Even grown ups sometimes feel like they don't know what's going on. What? Yeah. Isn't that scary? That you can be all grown up and still not know everything? Yeah, because I know my mom doesn't know everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know you don't know everything. So, mom and dad... Yeah, mom and dad decided that 12 was much too young to go into the, into the white mist woods by herself, even if she was with James, who was, by the way, a stranger. I'll go with you, said dad. I'll take my axe just in case. So Dad and Abby and James got dressed up in their travel clothes with their sturdiest boots and their warmest hats and their warmest gloves and their warmest coats. And, and Dad, what about their 
his ticks. Yeah, they and they wore long they, pants and pulled the boots all the way up so they wouldn't have to worry about ticks. Good because foresters have trees. They do. That is very observant of you. So they went out. So mom packed everybody some food and they went out into the woods. But before they left, mom gave dad a spool of thread. Make sure you tie this to a tree at the edge of the white mist wood, said mom. And when you run out of the spool, she handed dad another spool of thread. Use this one. And when you run out of that spool, use this one. And she handed us, and she ha then she handed a spool of thread to Abby, and a spool of thread to James, and said, "If you get lost, follow the thread." So they put their thread in their pockets, and Dad and Abby and James set out, set out into the woods in search of little Hannah. When they stepped into the woods, the little voices that Abby had heard her whole life grew very very loud you're here said the voices you're here you've come we've waited oh so long do you hear that said james those are the voices said dad you don't listen to them said abby but they sound so happy to see me don't listen to them said dad and abby so they tied their thread to a tree and behind and dad walked ahead unraveling the thread as he went and Abby held on to the thread behind Dad, and James held on to the thread behind Abby, and together the three of them walked and walked and walked through the trees. They walked for what felt like hours, and then they walked for what felt like days. We have to rest, said James. We've been walking and walking for a week. We've been walking and walking for an hour, said Dad. How could you possibly know that it's only been an hour, said James, because I have a watch, said Dad, and he held out the pocket watch that, that he had gotten from his father, who had gotten it from his father, who had gotten it from his father. Only an hour, said James. My poor sister Hannah must feel like she's been in here for years. All alone, she must be so scared. They walked and walked and walked through the woods, Dad unraveling the thread, and Abby walking behind him holding the thread, and James walking behind Abby holding his part of the thread, and together the three of them walked and walked and walked for what felt like hours, and then what felt like days, and then what felt like weeks. They were so tired. We should stop, said Dad, and have something to eat. Good said James. I don't know if I can walk another step, said Abby. So they sat down on the ground with the spool of thread between them, and they ate some of the food that Mom made for them to eat. What else, what are we supposed to do besides just walk, asked James. At this rate, we'll never find Hannah. We could call her name, said Abby. I don't think that would do any good, said Dad. The voices are so loud. They are so loud, said James. They keep telling me that they know where Hannah is. They might know where Hannah is, said Dad. But I don't think that following them is our best option. Why not, 
said James. If they know where to find Hannah, then they can take us to Hannah. They might be able to take us to Hannah, but is the price that they're going to ask willing? Is the price that they're going to ask us a good price to pay? I don't understand, said James. Wouldn't any price be a good price to pay for my sister? What do you think? Is any price a good price to pay to find your sister if she's lost? What price? I don't know what price. Well, would you hurt somebody to find Zoe? No. Are you sure? Would you lie to find Zoe? Or steal? No. Huh? I don't know. We don't know because we've never had to find Zoe. Those are things that sometimes we have to think about and wonder, what would we do if we were asked to do something that we know might be wrong in order to do something that we know ought to be right? It's a very complicated question. Anyway. It's really weird. Like, why why would Zoe tell me to do something wrong? Like, Zoe wouldn't tell you to do something wrong. But maybe the people who had Zoe would tell you to do something wrong. No, they wouldn't either. Are you sure? Because they're bad enough people that they took Zoe. Why wouldn't they tell you to do bad things? I don't think... I don't think that that is Zoe. I think that is Hannah calling. You think it's Hannah calling? Yeah. That it's Hannah's voice? But wouldn't James recognize Hannah's voice? Yeah, I, I think it goes so long that he forgot. Mm, maybe. Should we listen to the rest of the story? Yeah. So after they finished eating, James was very sure that they needed to follow <sighs> the voices. It just seemed like the best idea. I don't like it, said Dad. But if you're going, we're all going. So Dad tied a new spool of thread to the old spool that was mostly empty, and they unraveled the thread, and they started walking toward the voices. Yes, said the voices. Yes, come this way. Come this way. You won't regret it if you come this way. They followed the voices deeper and deeper and deeper into the white mist wood. Where were they going? Would they ever get there? Suddenly, something scurried across the forest floor. What was that? asked James. I don't know, said Abby. It looked like a spider, said Dad. But it was as big as my head. Can you imagine a spider as big as your daddy's head? Yes. That'd be super scary, huh? But it's an underwater spider with spikes on its back. Oh, you mean and like a crab? A... No, 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 no. Sounds like a crab, but that's okay. You can have an underwater spider with spikes on its back. Not a crab. I don't like spiders, said Abby. Me neither, said James. Me neither, said Dad. But they were this deep already, and the voices were so insistent. Don't worry, said the voice. It won't hurt you. Come. Come deeper. We, 
We know what you're looking for, and we can help you. They went deeper and deeper and deeper into the white mist woods. They went deep enough that Dad had to take out his spool of thread and tie another thread to the end of the almost empty spool. They walked and walked, Dad unraveling the thread, Abby holding onto the thread behind him, and James holding onto the thread behind Abby. And they walked, and they walked, and they walked, for what felt like hours, and then days, and then years. You're so close, the voices. So close, so close. Come closer, come closer, come closer. More spiders skittered across the ground. These ones were as big as Abby's face, and some of them were as big as Dad's hands, and some, like the earlier ones, were as big as Dad's head. I don't like this, said Abby. I don't like this, said Dad. But we're so close, said James. Close to what, said Abby. And that was the question. Come closer, oh closer, you're so, so close the voices and they walked and they walked and dad unraveled the thread and abby held on to the thread behind him and james held on to the thread behind her and they walked and they walked and they walked for what felt like hours and then days and then years until something brushed abby's face what was that said abby it felt sticky and big and it looked like Red. Oh no, said Dad. What? said James. I think I know now why nobody ever comes out of the white mist wood. Why? Dad held up his torch, and up above them and all around them was a gigantic web of spiders. You came, you came, you came, said the voices, and James and Abby and Dad realized it was the spiders they came. The spiders had been calling them all these years, enticing people into the woods to eat them. Well, said Dad, I think we better leave. But Hannah, said James, she has to be here. Somehow, said Dad, she, I, I think that that's not the case. Why? asked James. Because either she's already been eaten, or she was smart enough to run away. Oh, there's no running, said the spiders. No running, no running, no running. They turned around, and the threads, the spiders that had been behind them, had been weaving a web so they couldn't escape. They were stuck in the spider's den, surrounded on every side by webs and threads of spiders as big as Dad's head. We gotta get out of here, said James. We shouldn't have followed the, the voices. I'm so silly. Why did I follow the voices? We all came with you, said Dad. We're all at fault. Abby and I knew better but we still came. So Dad took his axe and he held it over his head, and he said, If you want us, if you want them, you'll have to go through me first. 
Oh, we'll go, said the spiders. We'll go, we'll go, we'll go. It didn't bode well. Here, Dad handed the torch to James. Hold on to this tight and don't let them touch you. You all right? Just rolling over so I can sit like this because... You're falling my... asleep. Yes. <laughs> okay. And I want to listen to the story. You want to listen to the story. So no falling no falling asleep. Okay, I'll be. I'll. I'll finish quickly so that you can go to bed, go back to sleep because you must be tired. So Dad swung his axe this way and that way. He cut spiders out of the air. He cut spiders off of the ground. He cut spiders out of the trees. But they kept coming and coming and coming and coming. So many spiders. We have, to, we have to destroy the web, said Abby. If the web is gone, the spiders will have nothing to cling to, and they won't be able to keep us here. Well, how are we supposed to do that, said James. Well, said Abby, looking at the thread her mom gave her. Thread catches, thread is flammable, so maybe this thread will burn too. I don't know, said James. It's silk. Does silk burn? We're about to find out, said Abby. So James and Abby ran deeper into the nest of spiders, and, and, and behind them, Dad swung his axe this way and that way. He cut spiders out of the air. He cut spiders on the ground. He cut spiders out of the trees. And he kept fighting and fighting and fighting so that Abby and James could think of a way to save them. They ran deeper into the nest deeper and deeper where the spiders were bigger not only than dad's head but bigger than his whole chest they were huge some of the spiders were bigger than abby run said james run and don't look back they ran and they ran and the spiders why skittered. don't look back why don't look back because if you look back then you get scared and you're also not looking where you're going so if you're looking behind you you might trip on a tree root or something or you might get so scared that he's not going to make it at all. Yeah. Like he thought you were going to make it and everybody was going to make it. But, he, but if you look back, you might see that but it's just big fight and you might think that he's never getting back. Yeah. So they ran and ran and ran as fast as they could, and the spiders were everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. And Abby had her stick that she picked up off the ground, and she hit the spiders. She hit them from the air. She hit them on the ground. She hit them from the trees, just like her daddy. The spiders kept coming and coming and coming, and James pick up, picked up a stick, and he held the torch in one hand and his stick in the other, and he hit spiders from the air, and he hit spiders on the ground. And he hit spiders from the trees. They kept coming and coming and coming. There, said Abby, pointing at a giant ball of thread. So many threads were flying out of, this, of the, the ball that it looked like mist. Oh, said Abby, suddenly realizing the, the white mist wood wasn't covered in mist. It was covered in spider webs. They ran up to the giant ball of silk, and James threw his torch inside a little hole. Now 
let's pray, said James. And run away, said Abby. They turned around to run back the way they had come, and they hit the spiders left and right and up and down. They hit them from the, the air. They hit them on the ground. They hit them from the trees. And they ran and they ran and they ran back to Abby's daddy. Behind them, all of a sudden, they heard this giant <gasps> What was it? Don't look back, said James. But Abby couldn't help it. She turned and she looked and she saw a giant ball of fire. The thread, the silk, the spider's web was on fire. The spiders started screaming, no, 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 our home, our home. They ran toward the fire, but it was too hot. They ran away from the fire. The fire ran along the threads. It climbed up the trees. It burned and burned and burned everything. Abby ran and ran and ran. And as she was running, she tripped and she fell. What did she fall over? She looked down. It looked like a caterpillar cocoon. But it was so, so big. And in the cocoon, outside of one side, was a little hand. What's that? Abby ripped at the cocoon. She ripped and ripped and pulled and pulled. The thread was so strong, but she pulled and pulled and pulled, and out came a little girl. Hannah, said James. He grabbed Hannah's hand as she was waking up. Thank goodness she was okay. We have to get out of here. But there might be more people, said Abby. We have to look for them. They looked and looked, but they didn't see any other people. It looked like Hannah was the only one. That was good, because the fire was coming closer and closer and closer. Abby and James and Hannah ran to Abby's daddy. We have to get out of here, said James. Dad turned and looked and saw the fire and said, Grab the thread. They grabbed the thread that they had been following, and they traced the thread for, for what felt like seconds and then minutes and then hours and then days and then years. The fire kept getting closer and closer and closer. And they ran and ran and ran as fast as they could until finally they saw the edge of the white mist forest. They burst out of the forest. Grab the, grab the shovels, said dad. And they grabbed shovels and they dug as fast as they could to make a firewall to protect the house. They dug and dug and dug. And it wasn't as hard as it sounded because dad was the kind of guy who liked to be prepared. And there was already a fire a fire pits uh, there was already a fire ditch started they just had to throw some extra dirt on it so it wasn't that bad and they went into the house and they grabbed mom and they grabbed abby's little sister zoe and they ran down to the lake to watch as the forest burned and burned and burned and burned and burned and abby thought it would burn forever until dark clouds started to form and thunder started to roll and lightning flashed and it started to rain and rain and rain and rain and the fire in the forest pittered out into smoke. Abby and her family and James and Hannah all went back to the cabin where it was safe and dry and they got they got their they changed their clothes and they 
started a fire in the fireplace to get warm, and they all went to sleep for the night. And the next morning, when they woke up, the white mist forest was gone, and so were the spiders, and so was their web, and everybody lived happily ever after. Why was the white mist forest gone? It burned down. But where did the smoke go? The rain made the smoke all heavy and made it go away. And everything could go through smoke. Well, the rain went through the smoke, but the air that the smoke was in got heavy. There's science. It's physics. I can't really explain it. It's physics. Physics happens. All right. You ready for sleepy? Is that Tori's story too scary for you? No. No? Can I tell you a story? Is it a short story? Yeah. Okay, you can tell me a short story. You said you would tell me a short story. I did say I was going to tell you a short story, and then it got really long, didn't it? Yes. All right, well, tell me your short story. I really hope you guys enjoyed that story. I very much enjoyed telling it, and... It was, a, it was a lot of fun, I admit. It was very rough. And, you know, there were a lot of starts and stops and backing up. But, you know, that's the process. That's how it goes when you're telling a live story that you've never, you know, done anything with before in the past. You don't necessarily know where the story is going ahead of time. So you have to think ahead while you're still telling the story. And so it can be a little bumpy. Uh, I had a lot of fun. Abby enjoyed it. We used to do this all the time and really miss it that don't get to do it so much now that I'm traveling all the time, but it's definitely worth it. And I, I really, I really wish we had more of an opportunity to do these stories. I'm sure you noticed that at the end, Abby asked if she could tell me a story and I did let her, but this video was way long. So I cut that and I will be doing it in a video for next week as a part two of the Cassie Abby story time. So I hope you look forward to that. It was a lot of fun. As far as I know, it was the first story that Abby has ever told by herself in full without retelling something. So I was very proud of her. And there are some things I'll talk about, about how she did and, and the techniques that she used and why some of the reasons why she did what she did. So I hope you look forward to that. And I will see you next week. Hey guys, thanks for watching that video. If you enjoyed it, make sure you like, subscribe, and do all those things that you do when you enjoy a video. If you'd like to learn more about us at Moms for America or the Millennial Rant, you can visit our website at millennialrant.com or see us on our Instagram page at millennial underscore rant. I look forward to seeing you next week and I hope that you have a wonderful day.